enthusiastically engaged in the show. I think it's called heckling. <laughs> but if you want to jump up and down in your undies, I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> but if you look at who else is in the pool, it's a pool of death. Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SCR 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this pod, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. And we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host Fiona Lamb and I'm joined by Tracy Kick, Emma Phillips and Nat Morgan. And so Coach Kiwi's out with more coaching in Melbourne. <laughs> All right, it's time for the warm up. Well, it's been a weekend of trash talk, rivalries and media beat ups. Let's talk about that. Beat ups being the operative word. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Honesty was the best policy, it seemed, with a lot of the players this weekend from uh, media interviews at halftime or stories at halftime to interviews after the game. Um, a lot of the girls just told it like they thought it was and, yep. it, and it made for interesting feedback and talk back afterwards, wasn't it? It was and great. water cooler chit-chat. It was, um, I guess, what was the first one? Stacey, I know, Stacey and... Taylor, was that Sunday afternoon? That was Sunday, so it was one of the last. And I know incidents. they've kissed and made up, but it it did. <laughs> well, they have, like, I think all is forgiven as of today, and I'm sure it, you know, wasn't too bad, but it did create a lot of chat and talk that, oh my God, women, sportswomen are bitching or they're oh. having a go at each other. And that was the way it was turned into the media as opposed to the victor taking the spoils. Remember, I did say last week she's got a bit of a mouth on her, our Stacey. Stacey but she's Stacey really, really entertaining. It's um, and I think it's all in good fun. So I don't, I don't, I didn't really think it was the big issue that it was blown into. But it was, well, she called Taylor Harris useless if she was if her aerial game was taken out. Yeah, you know, and I, I few people took exception to that. Yeah, and I sort of felt um, look, you know, Taylor can win games off her own boot literally and even sometimes when it's she hasn't taken the clean mark I just felt Taylor didn't really commit to the game the other night she seemed not enthused she wasn't throwing herself around like she often does and as a result it was a poor game she kicked the opening goal and that that was it for her pretty and much. And you don't think that was Stacey's doing? Oh no 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 I, th I think that's why Taylor wasn't making right the effort because she was getting marked out of it she beat was getting up. yeah be, <laughs> beat up um so yeah combination of everything uh but you know that was last week there's another one to come I guess see what happens although they don't play each other oh maybe finals they'll have another go against each other with a bit of luck yeah we'll see well, we yeah. had several other stouches didn't we we've got Libby Birch versus the Western Bulldogs <laughs> yeah I didn't mind that one I mean I Seems like my view contest. was that for me Libby spoke honestly about something she needed to change. And I I didn't feel like that she bagged the Bulldogs. She did say that some situations were better, you know, it was more professional. I guess that was a little interesting. Um, but she she spoke from her heart and for her that change was obviously necessary for a footy. I thought it was refreshing to hear her talk from the heart. You don't see it that much at professional sport. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing is, as soon as a player leaves, questions are asked and eyebrows are raised. So I think you can infer a lot without it being said. I was concerned when she said what she did. And I wrote a little, I've got a little suggestion. Any players are welcome to use this in the future. You don't even, <laughs> well, even maybe, have to attribute maybe it to Maybe members of this pod could use it. 
Let's see if we have. Is anyone looking just, at me, Tracy? I just want to. I just <laughs> want to see you me. <laughs> no, I'm going to not going to stick it. Not tonight. I was looking for something more, and I found that at the D's. I was impressed by their professionalism, and I could really really see myself in their future plan. I felt I would experience the right balance of challenge and success in their structure. And I'm very grateful for this move. And you can, you know, follow that up by saying, I look forward to my future in this club. Just, you know, just suggestion for you. <laughs> anyway. You might go into media Media next. training. Mm, media oh, training. we are in the media. <laughs> so what about um, KB? Mm. Katie Brennan. And Jamie Stanton. I was pretty upset about this. Yeah, it was interesting. It's all the image of the game, isn't it? And... Um, uh, Jamie Stanton had injured her shoulder. I thought she may have just like popped it out or something. She went off the field after she was backing back into a pack and she got cleaned up with the player, the forward running in. Now, that's as brave as you ever get on the footy field, knowing you're going to get cleaned up, but she still did that. Now, I'm not sure I've seen Katie Brennan ever play that hard or that brave before, and so I thought it was interesting that she took the position to when um, Jamie came back onto the ground with her shoulder strapped up that Katie chose to nudge her, niggle her, push her, shove her in that injured shoulder. And I thought it it didn't look favourably on her at all. It didn't do Katie any favours whatsoever. As a player, let alone the captain. Yeah. And, yeah. She, and as a marquee player, like a player, that is one of the faces. Oh, totally. She is the face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. She um And from what I've heard out there is that she's defending herself too. Saying well, she's that, dug her heels in over it, that's for sure. Yeah, saying that... You know, she's on the field, she's fit, she's healthy, but doesn't look great. And that would be my point. And, it, yeah, doesn't augur well for Katie, I don't think, in the yeah. future. Next if... time she's limping around, someone <laughs> might be stomping on her her ankle. But uh, something else that isn't said very much in the media about this or hasn't that I haven't read or listened to is that if it takes so little to um, throw her and so little for her to be fired up and end up Reacting like that because physically. she said that Jamie had been targeting her and given her a bit, Get, hadn't she? And so yeah. had niggled her, and so I'm getting her back. So um, yeah, as you say, she's that, showing her vulnerabilities, and I don't think that's helpful for her as a player. No, who who do they, who does Richmond play next week? Who's going to pick her up? Have you got that handy? Because uh, Richmond will probably be looking pretty closely at that and thinking, well, it doesn't take much North to Melbourne. stir her up. Oh, Hope you're paying attention. Oh, the dirtiest yes. dogs yeah. of them all. <laughs> back off, back off. <laughs> no, they're strong and hard. That's I, what they are. We just are. have to remember that Katie Brennan is a. She's a captain. She is certainly one of the big faces of footy, and she has a responsibility to that. And yeah. she needs to. And know, she knows that the kids yeah. out there watching her. Yeah. 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 yeah, be better. Part of the game. Yeah. yeah. The one other thing was Emma Carney and Alicia Eva had some uh, confrontations. Yeah, and I guess there's probably a little bit of history we have to speak about there. They both captained at the same club in Melbourne, and are, you know, good mates. So it was quite, I thought, quite friendly for the most part until there was a moment where Alicia sort of cleaned Emma up, and I'm not suggesting for a moment she did that intentionally. Just all fair going at the footy, and actually sort of copped her shoulder into Em's face. I thought for a moment she might have broken her nose. And Em got the free kick. Alicia stuck the arm out and helped her up, which was lovely. And then later on, I noticed that it sort of got reversed and Alicia refused Em's hand to help her up. So, you know, things might have tightened up a little bit in the game. And there was a very funny moment in the second quarter, I think it was, where Carney kicked the ball to Eva by accident, of course, they're on opposing teams. And then Eva kicked it straight back to Carney by accident again. <laughs> just building up their stats, were they? Helping out old mates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like kicking to you. Or like an old me. muscle memory, the two of them, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Probably. Yeah. I was actually right. surprised that that uh, Eva charge hadn't been looked at by the tribunal because it, well, it was head high yeah. and it was pretty pretty dangerous, I yeah. thought, but it wasn't mentioned at all. Mm. So Strange. Like anyway, let's call the quarter. <laughs>
You're listening to the Coat Hanger Football Radio on 2SER 107.3 where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. This the is first the first quarter. quarter. Uh, let's talk about the Giants game. Well, they lost and it was upsetting. I'd, I'd picked them. I don't know if, I don't remember if any of you had actually, but I really had high hopes and uh, they were thwarted. They missed a couple of key goals, didn't they, Fee? Yeah, they were not that far off the pace. But and, yep. Well, they had, a, they had an opportunity doing. really to take the game on and, and to get in front because it was very close um, up until really after those two misses and they could have applied the scoreboard pressure and the result could have been different because they, they did have as much opportunity, I believe. Um, also, oh, look, I think... Um, I think that they um, their connection in that forward line, even though they had two opportunities they missed, is still missing for me. And the number of possessions they're getting and marks inside 50 are, are not really sufficient to really have a scoring approach at this point in time. Their efficiency wasn't bad. It was 62%. Uh, but that was 13 shots from 21 attacking inside 50s, but they only scored from nine of them. Mm. Um, and that was their problem. And you looked at Haneen running into the open goal. And oh, also, I think Jess Allen from the angle, but they're the ones you've got to get to keep you in the game. Erin McKinnon. That was it, sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, it just breaks, breaks your heart that you think, oh, they're so close, those things. Yeah. And that could have kept them in the game at halftime. They, it just got away from them, didn't it? Yeah. Um, the difference was with uh, North Melbourne, their uh, efficiency getting into the 50 was 26%, which is disgraceful. They had eight scoring shots from 31 attempts, but they scored from seven of those eight mm. attempts. And mm. that was the difference, seven scoring shots to nine, and Giants should have won. It's just finishing, yeah, but, yeah, really. totally, yeah. So well, things out, something to work on. Shout out to Captain Eva who had a game high 21 possessions or a team high 21 possessions and her eight tackles as well, I always think is an impressive effort. Um, Parker, very good again. And Lisa Steen, who I think, Trace, you know quite well. Yeah, so I coach Lisa and um, she's a, she was new to footy a few years ago and really put in the hard yards to lift her game and her effectiveness around the ground. She's uh, a, a fiery little um, speedster and has a lot to bring and I was really stoked to see her perform because, you know, there was a bit of pressure for her in that first game. I'm sure it's not easy. So, yeah, she, she really impressed the the commentators as well, they were um, speaking about her quite a lot. Um, she took a couple of great grabs and was really competitive around the ground. Oh, definitely held her own. Oh, yeah, definitely impressed. So she'll hold a spot for next week for sure. Yeah. Look forward to it. All right, let's call a quarter there, shall we? So one of the things I was noticing uh, on the weekend is the difference in coaching styles. We had some who were cool as a cuke. And some who were shouting McShout's face, and and I'm, it's well documented that I don't respond well to being yelled at, and I still have a fridge injury from uh, Macquarie Uni days when I was running. It's a psychological and... injury, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and I'm still in recovery. So one of the things I noticed was Craig Starsevich, um for Brisbane Lions was absolutely calm as you could be. Well, girls, here's where we're at and uh, this is what we need to do. It was so calm. There were other calm folks as well. I thought Daniel Half would look pretty calm and Matthew Clark, oh, my goodness. Iceman. <laughs> looked like he was going to have a snooze or something <laughs> at one point. <laughs> um, but then I was a little intimidated by the Nathan Burks and the Alan McConnells who who were looked like they were really having a go. Mm. Um 
actually like yelling at the girls at the huddle and things like that. Yeah, is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you talk to players about this, isn't it? And I think from my own playing days also, I was always a player who wouldn't respond very well to the shouty coaches and I'm thankful I didn't have very many. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I had, a, <laughs> I had a teammate who would always say to me when I was captain, she'd come up and say, oh, Flips, can you, can you just get stuck into me before the game? Give me a real rev up and a real sort of yell because that would fire me up. But I couldn't do it. You know, it wasn't in my nature. Um, but she's one of those people that would respond to the yelly, shouty coaches. Now, that's not an endorsement for that way of doing things because I think <laughs> these days you're more likely to find people who are much, well, I mean, generally in life, respond to people who will speak to them, you know, and respect them and speak calmly and just, uh, you know, take the heat out of things, really. Yeah. So uh, I'm a choir director and so when if I'm conducting and we're performing I can make some pretty clear gestures to people who need to make changes I have a very clear cut off um, signal that apparently doesn't really work well in conversations with your partner I'm still learning that <laughs> or in podcasts, <laughs> or in podcasts. Yeah, we can say it. <laughs> but we have a coach in the room so Trace what decisions have you made in your coaching when the team's down by a few points say it's getting pretty tense. What do you do? What do you focus on? How do you get the message across for what needs to change? Or, or you know, I'm making some assumptions there. What do you do? Yeah, look, I mean, for me, it's it's about being calm because it's totally out of your hands with a couple of minutes to go when the game's in the balance. I mean, you've got potentially a message that you might get out there, but it's about rehearsing for those moments. And so it's about the players drilling um, their you know, drilling that that scenario and really you relying on your leaders on the field, the players, to take to that. There's nothing to be gained by shouting because if you shout, what, you, what that says to the players, my coach is panicking, I'm now panicking because my leader is panicking. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm like Emma, it's not within me to yell at anybody um, you know probably a, a raised voice of frustration sometimes on the sideline but not directed at players but I'm certainly I don't think there's anything to be gained by getting into a state because it, it doesn't send a strong message of trust and belief to your players and so you're saying the work is done during the week at training the work is done, yeah, right over the season in terms right. of the culture that you've built and the, then in training what scenarios you've trained for and what to do in those particular scenarios. So, it's, it, yeah, there's not much you can do. All you can do at the end of it is to assess did you do the things that we'd rehearsed or not, you know, and if you did and it still wasn't enough, well, then you've got to go back to the drawing board and think about you might have just been outplayed. You know, yeah, that happens. Yeah. My um my favourite coaches were the ones who didn't sub me. They left me on the field the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best coaches. <laughs> Back in the days before rotations. That's it. No interchange for Natty. They're the best. <laughs> you know, in just quickly in saying what you're saying, Trace, thinking about coaches, it's okay at times, I think, to have a sternness perhaps. You know, this it's not like going to be all flowers and calm and you know meditative and I'd be okay with that yeah there's a sternness that's necessary sometimes <laughs> it's just when it ticks over into something very yelly and you know borderline abusive that I think we, which is what you're really talking to yeah. isn't it and it's been well documented that some coaches can change they have a come to Jesus moment or whatever it is that they need <laughs> sure and look at Nathan Buckley I don't want to talk about the men's game very much and I don't really want to talk about Collingwood too much more, more than no, I have to no but definitely he not. changed his approach uh, it was there's a documentary about it um, that uh, it just shows the massive turnaround that he made in his uh, approach and uh, it's being talked about a lot so there's an article I just want to read a quote from 
ABC article from September last year written by Clint Thomas. And it says, uh, he said, as elite athletes face more pressure than ever before, the role of the coach is evolving. He goes on to say, whilst once fear was often the go-to method for coaches in getting the best out of their players, keeping them calm and focused now appears to be drawing the best results. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how um, that plays out in the women's game and what coaches emerge, the coaches who stay and the coaches who maybe are on the way out. I guess we'll see. Let's call that quarter. Or not. (laughs) So it's time for Hot in the Huddle now. Yeah, so Hot in the Huddle this week, I've got just an observation around the commentary. Um, Young Taylor Starr, well, I think she's 25 now, so she's not as young as she was when she was here in Sydney. Younger than you. Playing for the Newtown Breakaways. That's right. She was here in in Sydney playing for the Newtown Breakaways and uh, I was coaching at UNSW and we had a celebration because we played each other on the day and um, it was Gemma Stills' 250th game. Shout out to Gem, my housemate and legend of the game here. Um, but um, Taylor, the commentators love to focus and the media loves to focus on um, a, a misdemeanor that Taylor was involved in that involved uh, breaking the law. But there's something more phenomenal about Taylor and that is that um, on the night in question that I was just talking about, Taylor actually got run over by a car and she, when we say run over by a car, she was literally run over by a car. The tyre crossed her abdomen um, and she virtually was revived on the side of the road and in hospital for about three months with a number of return visits to hospital to uh, mend her um, compound fractured arm and uh, I just think it's phenomenal that Taylor has been able to overcome that, to play now at the elite level of footy, to bring the, all of the talent that she had as a young person um, and to to be out there running. I mean, it, at one stage she looked like she may not even live, let alone play elite sport. So yeah, I'm just going to shout out to Taylor and, um, and, you know, I think there's we've got to learn more stories about the players and what they overcome rather than you know, look at dirt yes, the past. rather than dragging up things that aren't yeah, well said, John. Okay. So in third, third quarter. quarter, not quarter three. Okay, thanks. It's quarter Matt. two, three. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the Sorry, beef you have there noticed, was a bee it? in my bonnet. Can you hear it buzzing? <laughs> I think that's me cutting you off. We just called the premiership <laughs> quarter and avoid it altogether. Let's yeah. talk about the Queensland depth of talent. Well, so what we're seeing is um, Gold Coast are performing a whole lot better than, uh, well, certainly than I expected. Um, and so we've been commenting on the depth of talent in Queensland. Well, I'm just going to say that I think in the first week when I gave my summation of finishing for Gold Coast Suns and for Brisbane, I was like, Gold Coast Suns, too young, you know, not enough experience. Brisbane lost 385 players. Um, But over the last couple of weeks, I have just absolutely proven that, you know, Lions are one and Gold Coast are three in Conference A. Um, The Suns, when they took it to the Giants in that bad weather, I just thought, oh, that's just the weather, like the balls on the ground, that's a contest of will and bodies and pressure um but no uh, that they, they are they're showing their depth of talent mm. it's fantastic mm. 
Yeah, yeah definitely through. impressive. Sorry, Em, to no, jump in. Um, you're right. At the beginning, we were all going, oh, Brisbane are going to be decimated. Then after round one, they had a great game. But we didn't realise that the reason they would, had been decimated their numbers because Gold Coast had taken them. Well, so that means Gold Coast have got a good list if we're saying that Brisbane didn't. So they've, they have proved us all all wrong, I guess. Yep. I think we had written them all off. And yep. they are. They've been terrific. Um, and I know it's not... Uh, Queensland, but the other team is Frio. That was the other team we thought had lost all their players, mm. and they're sitting on the top of the ladder in Conference B, aren't yep. they? So it's amazing what teams can do when they have the right mindset and the right combo of everything else. Sorry, Em, go. No, I was just wondering, I was just directing a question to Trace, thinking about your um, experience or info with that build-up of talent in Queensland. You know, it's really interesting, isn't it? And you think it's se- separate from here, or, di- or better, I should say. From Yeah, totally different to here. So when Craig Stasevich uh, started coaching the the Queensland team in 2013 and then became the female male talent um, director or person in the AFL. He put together a you know really solid program which has expanded right across, right up to Cairns and you know across Queensland. And you know the work that the Gold Coast did in their preparation two years out from coming in, um, and all of their academies and programs are just obviously. I don't know why I'm surprised because I actually know what's gone in behind, but it just it is a stark contrast to what's happened in New South Wales in those last seven or eight years. It's great to see what's possible, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Build it and they will come. <laughs> Let's call a quarter there. You're listening to the Coat Hanger Football Radio on 2SER 107.3 where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. So in the fourth quarter... <laughs> Happy now, Thank Nat. you. Happy. Happy now? <laughs> Happy. <laughs> We wanted to talk about uh, the lineup changes, any injuries, or any tribunal reports. Nat, let's hear what you've got to yeah, say. Yeah, I'll whip through the um, the injuries. Emma Swanson had a dislocated jaw, but she apparently is a OK, is the word, so she may get named. Jamie Stanton did her shoulder. Uh, the way often when you do shoulders, if it was popped out, or which it appeared to be with her going it off with it in that sort of jumper sling. Often you can play on with a bit of taping, but the next week the swelling and the stretching of the muscles means she may miss a game or two. So we'll have to wait and see there. Mm-hmm. Kate and Ash, uh, Caitlin Ashmore, what happened there, Em? Uh, head knock. So oh, she okay. might be out with a concussion this um, weekend. Clara Fitzpatrick was stretched off um, by six women trainers, I noticed as well. Um, she was in a real bad way, so I imagine she'll have a week off. And mm-hmm. Ainsley Kemp from Melbourne on the Friday night game did her yeah, good knee. Um, yeah, so she's another one gone. So with the reports, there were six reports uh, Paxman, Kelly Gibson, Rankin, Benici, Grieve and Jones, they all were uh, giving reprimands and they will, will probably accept them. Were they, all, were they all for the same thing? Uh, varying degrees of rock, rough conduct and yeah. those sort of things. So what um, was uh, remarkable about that list was the omissions, we mm. thought. <laughs> or an omission? Perhaps. Well, the one either Kay one we're saying, or did well, you think that maybe Katie we, Brennan should have yeah. been reported for bringing the game? Is there a, a charge for bringing the game into disrepute? Or actually, do you or know who should have been reported? As well? Daisy Pierce by the Fashion Police for tucking her jersey <laughs> into those shorts. What was going on there? You don't do that. And she's the only one who does it, so stop it, Daisy. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a two week suspension. She's just had twins. Maybe she wants no, to yeah, you know, fair keep enough. everything. Um, Rising Star, two nominations again. We've got um, Brisbane's Jess Wardlaw and Frio's uh, Roxy Roop. So congratulations to those girls. And a quick little, just the social shout-outs, you know, yeah. give credit to credit who's out there. We've got, um, thanks for the shout-out on your pod last week, and that's from Narelle Spanger, who took the photos. So 
Spang. No worries. Keep sending Spang. us the photos and we'll mention you and your business every week. <laughs> Great photos. We've got um, uh, uh, week two of the pods better. It's slicker. Nat and Emma know their stuff and Fiona's a good organiser. And that's from Lisa oh, Will. And also Julia Charles says, great show last night, you guys. Interesting discussion about the CBAs. So that's where we talked about their sort of pay case and things like mm. that. And another shout out I want to do, wasn't really to us, but I was pretty impressed. Um, Barry Webster, who runs the AFLW Fans Community Facebook page. I think he's the creator, creator and moderator. And he said this week, as a way of saying thank you to all the AFLW players, I decided to take out membership of all 14 AFLW clubs. So, yeah, yeah, kudos to you, Barry. And uh, jump on and become a member of his Facebook page. Give him a big thumbs up like. And and a member of your AFLW team too, shall we say. Yes, indeed. How does Barry, you know, choose what he's going, which cap he's going to wear each week and each game? I don't know. Well, that's what I said. When you're a member of all clubs, I said to him, I said, Football will always be the winner, won't it? So well, he's a massive Bulldogs fan, so yeah, there's his first thing. in his heart. Well done, Barry. <laughs> All right, let's call that quarter. <laughs> so before we finish up, uh, we want to bring your attention to the Bulldogs Carlton game. It's the Pride Round, Pride Match at Witten Oval on Saturday. And before that, there's a Pride March, and that uh, starts at twelve thirty from Nicholson Street Mall. So turn up, folks, and be part of that i think that's a great thing this weekend gws meet west coast eagles at 110 on sunday at blacktown so we'll see you out there or some of us will see you out there it'll be interesting to see the matchups between or what we'll see is the return of maddie collier and emma swanson and I think you had a little message from Emma, didn't you? Yeah, Trace? so Emma's looking forward to coming back to Sydney and I think excited to be a part of the game. So it will be a great game. Look forward to seeing it. Yeah, great. Don't forget to access the fifth quarter, which is our pod section of this show, and you'll hear Em's interview with Beck Privatelli there. Our podcast available on Wooshka, Spotify and iTunes. This is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Catch us every Tuesday, 7pm on 2SER 107.3 and our podcast with extra content. Follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. And for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to the Coat Hanger. Hanger. All right, welcome to the fifth quarter, the podcast section of our show. So we're going to review the other six games in round two. Let's start, we're going to do this chronologically again because it helps me keep my head in place. Bulldogs versus Melbourne Demons. I tip tip the Bulldogs and I'm I think I did too. Yeah, Melbourne Melbourne looking (laughs) fantastic, aren't they? They've really brought some class to the game. I suppose it's been building for a few years now, but with a list that is down to, did we hear 23, that they've got 23 players to choose from at the moment because of their injury list? Yeah. I think down to 22 after Kemp did a knee, I think. That Mm. stopped them to 22. It's interesting to note that the, we were talking about it before in relation to Frio and Brisbane and the Gold Coast, but the lack of the big stars necessarily. Sometimes I believe that a team can play better when you don't have all those egos and stars to deal with. So mm. it's really interesting how they might be coming together. It gives space for the lesser lights, doesn't it, to really take a bit more responsibility? Mm. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I mean, they've still got um, – Paxman was fantastic again, mm. you know, Pierce, of course. Um, Shelley Scott. 
Yes, yeah, indeed. She, she was, was awesome. four quarters of goodness, I thought. Um, the but, highlight, sorry. Sorry. I was just going to highlight for Western Bulldogs, probably Lauren Sparks. She just uh, kept Tegan Cunningham totally out of the game. Uh, maybe not too many other highlights, except for Irish girl, uh, Sinead Goldrick, I think her name is. So her name's Sinead and her dad is Seamus. Can't get more Irish <laughs> than that. So that was a beauty. He had a Are chat they O'Reilly's? Tend to be O'Reilly's too then. Yeah, good work. No, it was um, it was a good Friday night start to the to the weekend of footy. So it wasn't a blowout. A few more extra goals scored than what we'd seen maybe the week before. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. How about Gold Coast, eh? Against Richmond yeah, Tigers. I really enjoyed this game. Uh, I thought the Gold Coast were really strong. Um, they're despite, exciting to watch, they're aren't exciting. they? Exciting, and they're young. You know, I mean, Leah Casler is probably the. Yeah, as the captain and probably the oldest states person of the group, but um, they were exciting. And despite you know ex giant Phoebe Monaghan, I think making team of the week again mm, mm. with her good defensive efforts, oh. um, you know she can't hold up you know a barrage of of an entire team who yep. who seemed to really pick up on the confidence. I don't know if it was the home ground or whatever, but they really got their confidence going. Yeah. Um, and uh, Wardlaw did fantastically. Um, some of the other young ones really stood up. I thought. Yeah, Richmond. You know, I think I say this each week, but they don't impress me. It's got that small few, and if they're contained, then they're not really bringing much else. You know, if you take out their aerial game, they're useless. After <laughs> <they're useless. laughs> I, I can't see Richmond winning a game, if I'm honest. Well, Beck Goddard no, no. had that was her grand statement on that. Oh, did she? TV footy show the other. Day. She said, "I can't see them winning a game. They're doing the same thing over and over, and it's not working. So yeah. it'll be interesting." The Issue, I think their defence, he said Moynihan and um, McCourt shoot were brilliant again. Mm -hmm. So the score could have been anything. But Richmond so could have won that. They had so much momentum going. Um, Bernardi, her accuracy, I think, has cost them winning the game. There were Mm -hmm. a couple of – Fred, Sabrina, Frederick Frederick dropped a mark right in the goal square. Uh, Katie Brennan had a couple of shots. Look, they – that last quarter, they had all the run and all the play and they just kept stuffing up there, getting the goals. They didn't get them and that that cost them. Two goals, ten they kicked. So they kicked five points in the last quarter. They could have been five goals and that's the win. Yep. So if you're tuning in from across the country, you're not going to like me calling it a derby, but that's how we say it over this side of the country. (laughs) That derby, goodness me, I wanted West Coast Eagles to win and they didn't. They were absolutely slaughtered. The crowd was the winner, 35,000. 35,000. Fantastic. Fantastic Yeah. I think they talked about it being um, uh, a sellout, a lockout sellout. Sell out, I think they wanted, uh, but it had been terrible conditions. So they were actually really quite happy with 35,000 turning up. There'd been heat and storms and everything yeah, all like happening 40 leading up to it. Yeah, so and they, maybe they really that's happy. why that streaker decided to choose that I, game. I think the streaker no, she actually had her clothes on. on, so it wasn't that oh, right. Like, <laughs> well, we, we put pitch <laughs> invader. An invader. Pitch invader. <laughs> this is how rumours start. Well, that was the good thing that um, Kiara Bowers from uh, Frio, she tackled her along with the other 22 people she tackled in the game as well. So, but not quite Terry Alderman style. No, she was outstanding. But uh, the, my pick for Frio over the last two weeks has been Gemma Houghton. I have yeah. been loving watching her. Yeah. She seems to be really riding on a, a high and just so quick and clean. And and she just straightens up a little bit and kicks a couple more. She kicked a few points, I think. But um, fantastic. Any highlights for the Eagles, do we think? Dana Hooker? Dana was mm. kept pretty quiet. I mean, she still had a lot of the ball, but she was kept quieter. Emma Swanson had a lot of touches again and leading out um, as a captain. I think she's probably feeling the responsibility of that. Um, we, I really hope she gets up for next week. 
Uh, she's very important to them. Uh, best on ground probably for the team both games, so it would be good if she can get across here and play the old side. Yeah. Geelong Cats versus Brisbane Lions. So the Lions mm. absolutely I, I, ate um, those pussycats. Yeah, <laughs> well, I tipped against my own team. Yes. Shame idiot. on you. Shame. I, I'd never do shame. that. Shame. Shame. Oh. shame. 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 Geelong were leading at quarter time and then from there onwards they kicked, I think, one goal. One goal won for the rest of the match. And you can't can't win footy matches, not kicking goals. Well, this is the Geelong of last year, wasn't it? We had this mm. repeated conversation about their inability to score goals. Mm. You know, they got plenty of footy, but they just couldn't put scoreboard pressure on. I'll have to uh, work that out if they want to get into the winning circle. But mm. um, Emily Bates was outstanding for Brisbane um, and a number of the other, uh, like the the core f- seven, I think there's seven of them that are the foundation players. I mean, they stand up, but the youth around them also, you know, is really starting to flourish. You're starting to see those young players. Sophie Conway had an outstanding game. You're starting to see them come to the fore. And probably a, a shout-out to Purcell, who has, that's a two in a row that she's had a real ripper. So for Geelong, I should say. Yeah. So Blues versus Magpies. Well, this was the grudge match that we had a little bit of a disagreement about whether it really was a grudge match and then I came around and then Bree Davy didn't even play. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an exciting match to watch. Um, I loved every fabulous, minute. It was fabulous, wasn't it? Such it, good footy. Yeah, it was a good game. I did enjoy it. Uh, all the old, well, the solid Livingston, Lambert, Darcy and Benici all had really good games. Benici really worked over Presparkus, gave her a... Well, just caused her a bit of grief, I think. It wasn't Maddie's best game. It's probably mm-hmm. the first bad game she's played, truthfully, in a whole career, I reckon. So yeah. she'll learn from that. Um, Shani Layton needs to take single grab marks. She gets to the ball, she'll get her hands on it, and then, look, she does follow it up when it's on the ground. But if she can take those clean marks, mm-hmm. that'll be another string to her bow. Yeah. Uh, who else have I got there? Oh, look, it was it was just a good, good solid win for Collingwood, and they'd be feeling pretty good about themselves at the moment. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy. And that contest, of course, between Livingston and Harris was a ripper, wasn't it? It was yeah. so much fun to watch that, aside from all the <laughs> argy-bargy. <laughs> um, loins for Carlton. She's a war- workhorse, isn't yeah. she? A, and a war she horse. She was strapped like she up. Was and everywhere. She, yeah, she, I she'll be so sore. She was c- copying it from everywhere. And mm. I don't think there's enough tape for those knees at the moment. So <laughs> I don't know whether a week's long enough for her to get up for the next oh, game. Um, Darcy Bessio was very quiet as well. Yeah. Um, they might have to make a few changes to their lineup. maybe. Maybe drop some. Not sure. But they're not Interesting winning. Interesting to see. Mm. Um, this week. And finally, Crows versus St Kilda. Well, my heart was just broken in two because St Kilda led for three quarters and then and, and three quarters of a court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the final four and a half minutes of that quarter where Adelaide got up and got geez, did they get up. Adelaide were pegging away, pegging away. Pointer, Stevie Lee and Considine all just started lifting their game. But it was mm. the young kids who actually kicked the two last winning goals. But mm. it took the senior players just to get the ball rolling and get them into it again. It was mm. a, a slow build at the end. Yeah. You almost knew it was coming. The ascendancy started in the third quarter. You Def. could feel it. The momentum was starting to go with them. And I think they put Gummo back into the midfield and she was influential yeah. um, Special in that win. Special Courtney Gum. Yes, another and former um, big shout-out to Gummo. But um, she had that an outstanding mark. game, the one-handed mark. <laughs> it was a ripper. Magic. Um, was so, good. you know, it's interesting because Gummo was, you know, was touted that she was only going to play in the forward line, but 
they obviously see the value of her um, really clean hands and, and work in the midfield to try and release the footy. So She seems calm as well. She doesn't panic. Mm, seems to have a little bit calm. of time, yeah. Yeah, so I think the combination of that steady head with, with all that youth running around and it was good to see Stevie Lee. She was very quiet, I thought, the first week. She started to have a real impact, so... Mm. It's the measure of a good side, isn't it, that they can come from behind and be behind all day and still know how to click in and win a game. So, Mm. you know, they're obviously well below their best, Adelaide. We know what they're capable of, missing some players, of course. But watch out for them. I think watch this space. Yeah. Give them confidence. Yeah. And the Saints, I I mean, good on them. They really, they took it to them. Yeah. And, you know, a win is probably not far off for them. Not sure. I think they'll have one or two. (laughs) Over Richmond, yes. Yeah. Time will tell. Okay, Emma chatted to Beck Prevatelli earlier today, and I, I think, what are we going to call this? Is it going to be EP and BP, or <laughs> we need something? Mm. <laughs> no, I've got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> drawing a blank on that one. Philatelli. Philatelli, that's it. Philatelli. Philatelli. Beautiful. I so put let's... that on my toast this morning. <laughs> so let's listen to that now. All right, so I'm here with Beck Privatelli, Giants forward, superstar Giants forward. Beck, thanks for joining us on The Coat Hanger. Thanks for having me. Now, I've got heaps of curly questions for you today, of course. <laughs> no, we'll be nice and gentle. So I'm curious, the first thing that I want to know about is that you, you there's lots of talk about you having taken a year off footy and sort of needing to clear your head in that year and get things straight, that you nearly dropped out of footy altogether. Can you just talk a bit about that? Yeah, I, um, after the 2018 AFLW season, um, I had a pretty honest chat with Alan about where I was at, um, both physically and mentally, um, and what was next. And the chat we had, he said to me, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same outcomes. So I knew something had to change for me to get more out of my footy. Um, so obviously I was delisted by the Giants that year, um, and the next 12 months I decided was not going to be focused around my footy or, or where I wanted to go with that. I decided it was about understanding myself better as a person and doing things that I hadn't done in my life. I'd never really travelled. I'd never moved out of home. Well, I'd moved out of home but never to another state um, and, and just explore life from a, a, a different side of it. And um, after that chat, I took that 12 months and um, at the end of it decided actually I do really want to work hard enough to, to get back to that level and, you know, it was it was playing local footy and enjoying my footy um, and not focusing on all the things that come into play when you play at a higher level. It was those kind of things that kind of led to me wanting to come back and, and play at the highest level again. Yeah, you talk about playing local footy. Obviously with the coat hanger we've got to focus on Sydney footy and Sydney women's footy. Now, you played at the Bulldogs for a couple of years and hopefully you play there again, I suspect. But um, tell us about that time you just – I mean, I don't, you don't have to go into great detail about the Bulldogs, but that was the year that you sort of took off footy in a sense. Tell us a bit more. Yeah, I actually kicked a few bags with you in a couple of games. Uh, <laughs> I remember it well. Um, yeah, it was great. The girls were just so warm and welcoming when I went down there. It's um, nice to just play just to play footy. And um, growing up in Melbourne, footy is very – well from the teams that I played with, I played with Darabin and I played with the Eastern Devils and playing at a VFL level, it was always quite high level footy. And um, obviously Sydney's an area that's still developing in their footy, but a lot of it was just to play to enjoy it in this area. So um, 
that was so important for me and obviously winning a flag was just a benefit of that. But um, being a part of that group and just playing at that level again was uh, something I got a lot out of. You said uh, in the interview that you had recently that was on the AFLW website, um, and I'll quote, I actually don't think I would have made any significant improvements still being here. I had to have that time to really understand myself better as a person. Um, I'm curious about what you learned in that time and also was footy just too dominant? Was it overwhelming? Yeah, I think I I felt like I identified through footy a little bit. Um, I mean, I think I've coming up to my 16th or 17th season now. Um, so I've always been around it and it's a big part of my family and it's a big part of my life in Melbourne. Um, and, yeah, it just kind of took over from what I found footy was. So for me, footy's always been playing to enjoy footy. Um, and as it got to a high level of football – there's other things that come into play. It's your, you're, you're training to be the best. Essentially, you wanna you wanna be playing every week at that level. So, the effects that both, well, my body had on me, but more so my mind had on me, was really hard for me to overcome at the time. And um, I felt like if I didn't have footy, I didn't really know who I was. So, which sounds a little bit, you know, over the top because it's, I mean, it's just a game, but. Um, that's kind of just how I felt for a long time, and I just needed to separate myself from that to realize if I didn't have footy especially at that level, I still had a part of me that, you know, I wasn't going to lose just because I didn't have that. Well, we're super glad to see you back playing again and playing so well, of course. Also, just before the interview, you mentioned to me that you were selling merchandise. I think we all know the, the selling merchandise story, but that you you couldn't watch any footy. You couldn't watch a skerrick of the match. You asked your partner not to talk to you about it. What goes on in your head? How did you get out of that is my question, I guess. Um, well, it was kind of the thing that, drove me back into footy at the same time was realising how difficult it was for me um, because if it wasn't difficult then I probably really didn't care that much to come back and play. So, yeah, it was pretty difficult at the time and it was just no footy talk at home. Um, you know, I went to work, I did what I had to do and that's kind of all I wanted to be involved in when it came to footy. But, um, yeah, I think that's what drove me and I actually had a chat with one of the coaches who – I've been really close friends with for a long time um, since I moved to Sydney and I kind of said to him, I think it was after the last game, I said, I, I want to be back here next year. Um, and that was kind of the point for me where I knew I had to do whatever I had to to get back. We're sitting here in your workplace at the moment having this chat, <laughs> nice are. and comfortable and hopefully relatively quiet. Yeah. But um, it makes me think about the work that you do outside of footy and, of course, that's another uh, significant issue that comes up in AFLW. Something we hear a lot about is the players balancing their work commitments with their playing commitments. You are working here full-time. Just tell us a bit about how you balance stuff. Yeah, so um, I work for a music magazine. Um, we also have a music management company as well. So I'm pretty lucky. I've got two supportive bosses who absolutely love their footy and are incredibly supportive of me. And, um, yeah, they allow me to work from home a couple of days a week, um, kind of manipulate my hours to make sure I can get my full 38 hours a week. Um but, yeah, it's definitely difficult for me to balance right now. Um, it's kind of just a routine of you wake up at 6, 6.30, get to work by 7.30, and then as soon as I finish work I get straight to the club and kind of roll in at 10, 10.30 at night. So, yeah, it's definitely difficult. But uh, someone actually said to me the other day, um, how many times in your life are you going to be this busy? So I kind of just do it while I have to. And, um, you know, if, if that changes over the next couple of years, that would be awesome. But, if not, I'll, um, I'll keep doing it while I have the opportunity to. 
Sounds like you have a pretty good attitude to things. Uh, uh, what, a, yeah. what about other women at the club? Are you finding that there are some stories of people who are really struggling to make it to training or just, you know, it's a real hassle for them? Uh, not not struggling, no. I mean, we have a really supportive group, I think, and um, the club is so supportive and understands everyone's individual needs. Um, you know, one of the unique things about our footy club is that a lot of our girls come from different places and you've got girls who have left partners back in back in other states. Um, you've got girls who have left their jobs. Um, you know, it's kind of a unique situation that we're in because so many girls are coming from other places. So it's kind of like, you, you know, everyone's going through the same thing and, and are experiencing similar emotions and levels of fatigue or whatever it is. So um, we kind of just do it together. But, yeah, the club's so supportive of that that it makes it a lot easier on us. Mm. Do you get involved much or think a lot about the situation for equal pay? It's starting to really get some momentum, this conversation. Do you get political about the game and the situation for women playing the game? Uh, not not really, no. Um, I mean, I played footy because I just enjoyed playing footy um, and that's why I started playing footy. And, yes, that is obviously something that we want to continue to grow and develop on um, and, and get it to a stage where it's similar to how the men's comp looks. Um, but yeah, hopefully that builds over time and hopefully I'm still a part of it when it does. Fair bet you will be. I just want to take things back to the footy field for you. You've been really been in some form. I just wonder if you would talk through a little bit what your particular role is with the Giants at the moment, if you've had, I'm sure you've had extensive chats with the coaching staff about that and how your forward line setup works and how you're feeling in there. Yeah, I guess the two things for me is one, I want to be a leader on the field. Um, we've got a really great group coming through and, um, we actually don't have – we've got, you know, younger girls, but we also have girls like Cora and, and Bonds who come from other sports as well and, and you've got Brushy as well. So got a number of girls from um, other sports and I kind of – being in the game for a little while, seeing myself as a leader um, and try to help the younger girls and, and teach them the structures and um, that kind of stuff. But as a forward myself, um, I just want to compete, whether that's in the air or on the ground, that's my main focus. Um my marking is probably the one area I've put a lot of focus into the past couple of years. Um, so if I can keep playing my part in that, whether it's taking marks or bringing the ball to the ground, that's um, definitely my goal for the season and hopefully put a couple of goals on the board over the next couple of weeks. That'll be nice too. Fair chance, I'd say. <laughs> now, you've had some issues with injuries, nothing major that I know of, but some soft tissue injuries. Everything okay at the moment? Yeah, this is the best my body's ever felt. Um I struggled my first year at Carlton. I think I, oh, I, I did a quad really early on, so I think I missed over a month with that. And then the day I came to the Giants, I kind of came over feeling a bit sore. Um, and I think it was my first session. I was about to do the two k warm up, and um, I strained a groin or something, and it kind of just set me up for the season. So this year to have absolutely no injuries that have kept me off the park it's been really important for me and um, I think that's why that 12 months was so or the 18 months was so important as well because it's allowed me to get my body stronger and it's allowed me to compete with the demands of playing at this level. I can certainly tell you that um, from that first game sitting in the stands that were a lot of people around saying gee Privatelli looks really fit (laughs) so you know no doubt about it and you had a stellar game I think it was was it six marks in very very wet conditions I know I've played as a forward and I hate it when it's raining like that because you think you're not (laughs) going to get much footy but it wasn't a worry for you. Um, Look we might leave it there thanks so much for your time we are so excited at the coat hanger to see you just playing superb footy and we really wish you the very best for the rest of the season. Go Giants. Thanks guys go Giants. 
So finally, we're going to collect our tips. Let's start with St Kilda versus Demons. Well, I'm going St Kilda. You are brave, Fee. <laughs> I'm going I Demons. Yes, Melbourne for me. And, um, yeah, Demons for me. That's just tying your shoelaces up, I think. <laughs> Do your shoelace up. That might help. <laughs> or trying to find the Filatelli spread or something. <laughs> You've got to keep it in the fridge. <laughs> Bulldogs versus Carlton. Carlton. I think I'm going to go Carlton too. Oh, can I pass on this one? No. Um, you could have a draw like yeah, I did in maybe. the first week. <laughs> uh, gee, that's tough. I think I think the Bulldogs will bounce back. Yep, Bulldogs. Okay, Gold Coast versus Lions. Well, I'm going to go for Gold Coast. Oh. I'm going to the game, so I'm excited about mm. that. But uh, ooh, I tipped against my own team last week. I reckon the Suns are a chance. I'll go Lions because I should. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Yes. Indeed, you <laughs> should because I they're do. a better side. I'm also going Lions. Yep, Brisbane Lions. Okay. Experience. Sorry, Peffy. Uh, Fremantle versus Magpies. Well, I'm going to tip Magpies for that one. Ooh, in Perth. Yep. Ooh, I no, am. Frio all the way for me. Mm. Yep, Frio too. Collingwood. Over there. Right. <laughs> should be a good match. Should be very exciting. Mm. Uh, Giants versus West Coast Eagles. We've already Giants at home. Start at this giants, end of the table. Giants, Giants, Giants. Yep. I think so. Yep. Giants yeah, for me. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> a little louder, thanks, if you want. Into the microphone. Giants. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, actually, I want to just say, do you think they'll make any changes at the Giants? I'm going to tip. I reckon Von Bonner's been really quiet, and I wonder if, and they've still got forward woes, and, and I think they might need to, they need to make a couple of changes. So I don't know who they might bring in. I mean, Lisa Steen was a great addition. So who else have they got? Who who are you thinking would get a run or for oh, goal there's kicking? A, there's a young local woman, um, Halverson. She's a great lead, you know, but the thing is that they don't seem to be hitting up any leads and they're really not getting those lead connections out of the midfield. So. And Cora starts up the forward, but she ends up, everyone's, no one's there. No one's there when the ball's getting kicked in. No one's down there waiting. They're all sort of pushed up looking for the ball, but no one's getting back. Well, mm. Priv is up taking, you know, clean marks up mm. on the wing and yeah. then having you to can't get kick back. Goals from you, there. you can't overlap. They no. can't all come up and overlap. Yeah, they're obviously back. playing a press, but they're just not getting back hard enough. Mm. Mm. Okay, moving on. Tigers versus the Ruse. Ah, well, Ruse. Oh, I thought you just look at you look on your face. Then I thought you were just going to look at me and say, oh, maybe "Well, bit, it's the Tigers." It might be the first. <laughs> one. It's the Ruse. No, definitely. Yes, Ruse. Yeah, Ruse for me. Yep. And finally, Geelong Cats versus Adelaide Crows. Oh, I think I'm going to go for the Cats. At home, just for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to say the Crows will. Gain confidence from their win at home, and I think they'll take the cuts. Mm. Down. Yes, same for me. Agree. This is going to be one of these rounds where Fee comes through with everyone, isn't she? <laughs> Leap yeah. us all. I know. I hate that. <laughs> I think I'm coming last anyway. <laughs> I'll throw portions of the win then. <laughs> sometimes you've got to play with your heart, not your head, Trace. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good work. Sandy Olsen style from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are worse things. But I she's Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Beauty school dropper. So, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in, in to, to the, the coat, coat hanger. hanger. You know I can ramble, don't you? <laughs> yeah, getting a wrap up here. Goodbye.